0: Good morning. good morning. Welcome. Glad to see you here this morning. It's, uh, it's good to gather in Christ's name as we uh, share in this time of worship together this morning. Uh, we welcome our guests, especially you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that God is going to bless you in a very special way as we share this time and hope you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship God. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out and uh, give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving to us. but especially if you would like to uh, receive our email newsletter that comes out each Thursday, please be sure to put your email address on there and we'll be sure to get you on our list. Uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, uh, keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church, opportunities for worship and study and service here at uh, Community Baptist. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, First of all, today is epiphany in the church year. How many of you have heard of the 12 days of Christmas? How many of you thought that the 12 days of Christmas were the 12 days leading up to Christmas? It's not. It's the 12 days starting Christmas. And today is the 12th day of Christmas, uh, which is the day of epiphany. And uh, epiphany uh, means discovery. It has become synonymous with a discovery. And so today I am beginning a series of sermons on discovering God in various ways. So for the next uh, oh, five or six weeks, we'll be talking about how to discover God in, in various uh, aspects of our lives. And so I hope that you can come and be a part of, uh, of this uh, series as we share this time uh, you see in your worship folder that uh, you have the list of deacons. Uh, new de- new, if you do not know um, uh, who your deacon is, each, each family is assigned to a deacon. And if you don't know who your deacon is, is please get in touch with Greg, who is the chair of our deacons, just starting uh, the first of this year, uh, Greg Gibson. Uh, and his contact information is in the worship folder, except for the fact that his phone number is wrong. Uh, it says 5771085. It's actually 1985. And or you can uh, email him and, and get that information. Let's see here. We had. I, I was a little surprised this morning when I came came in around uh, uh, Sunday school time because I saw a bunch of gather a lot of people gathered around back here, and I thought, is it Fellowship Cafe Sundays? And I thought, no, it's not the second week. The youth were having an, uh, uh, a coffee time back here. So, Jesse, I think you wanted to say something about our, our coffee time. Come and tell us what's going on there. Uh, they're trying to uh, trying to coach the rest of them up here, too. Come on and enlighten us, Jesse. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Right. The youth and I are starting to fundraise for our Panama City Youth Retreat this summer. We are having a cafe back in the kitchen. We are selling coffee and breakfast
2: foods. We will be doing this every Sunday except for Fellowship Cafe Sundays.
0: Thank you.
1: And thank you for supporting our youth group.
0: That was wonderful. And I'll tell you what, I went back there and sampled some of the, uh I, I want to thank you, the congregation, also for... Uh, for really stepping up with your end of the year contributions, I'll, I'll tell you that was wonderful. And I'll tell you what, I went back there and sampled some of their wares, and uh, and it was good. It was really good. We got gourmet coffee going on here, we got a coffee bar going on here, and so uh, we're we're happy for that. And this is a way for their youth to raise money for uh, the Panama City trip. Uh, I, I want to thank you, the congregation, also for. Uh, we're really stepping up with your end of the year contributions. I'll, I'll tell you that uh, to be honest with you, October and November looked a little bit bleak, and um, we were rocking along pretty good there until about October, November, and things were looking a little bit bleak. But you really stepped up at the end of the year with your contributions and pulled us out, uh, pulled out all the stops there, and uh, in December, and so I think we're in good shape. Uh, going into the new year. So thank you for that. We really appreciate your contributions. It's great to share the love of God with one another. So let me give you the opportunity to do that. Let's stand and share uh, the love of Christ as we greet each other in, in God's name. much it's great to share that time of, uh, of caring and love and uh, as we're taking our seats, let me invite our children to come down front. Uh, Mr. Jim is here with our, uh, for our children's moment so all you children come on down front for our, our ch- children's moment. Come on down children. Well
2: I've got some nice looking children here. Yeah. I'm going to do the a little bit of a different kind of a children's church this morning. You're all going to be children. So you Take part as I tell you what to do, okay? You know, we just celebrated the birth of, of Christ. And you all celebrated with the Christmas pro, uh, program and with the things in your family. And we just enjoyed the time of the year. What I'm going to tell them, and as well as you, is that we're all the same. And I'm going to have the children stand up. Tell me, all these people look alike? Stand up and look at them. Do they all look alike? You can stand up and turn around and watch. What I'm going to tell you is that we each look different. You've looked at all these people, you know them, but we look different. But we're not. One of the things that God has done with us, he's taken the pattern of our bodies And he has taught us in the process of how we all are the same. This. So if you all take and hold just that in the air. If you'll take that and put it right there to your nose. As you see it does fit right there. The other thing he has done with it is that, of course, Greg over there, he doesn't have any hair. (laughs) But if you put that right there to that, that is where your hairline used to be, most of you. (laughs) So if you take and put your Fingers right there. It also is that. Now, one of the things is God made us with the eyes right across here, but on the same tongue. This all matches. Your mouth is two eyes wide. It's one eye width between your eyes. Your face is five eyes wide. Your ears go right along there. So, what I'm telling you is you're the same as everybody else. Which means that we're the same as everybody else that We are no different from anyone else. The difference we are is what we've done with this thing up here. So if you take a look at all the people and you look at them and say, okay, they're just like me, then I know that you can do whatever you want to do. The only difference Between any of us is what we know. And that's all there. And if you use it for other people, you're helping your brothers and sisters, all of us. So you have a good children's church. I hope you've all learned something that we are, every one of us, God's children. Thank you.
0: Please join me in our responsive reading for today titled, Bring Light to Darkness. God of heaven and earth, during this jubilant time of year, some of us are hurting from the inside out as much as others are celebrating their joy. You, you reach out to us whether we are singing jubilantly or weeping uncontrollably. We wait for
3: you to come to us where
0: we are. Punch a hole in the darkness that swallows us to let in a glimmer of hope. Sometimes
3: a thing life
0: is all we need. Amen.
4: As we celebrate Epiphany today, which is the coming of the light into a dark world, our scripture comes from the Old Testament, from the prophecies of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephra, all those from Sheba, shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord.
1: Well, you join me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we humbly bow before Thee today, thanking Thee, Father, for this nice day that You provided for us worship. We thank Thee, Father, that You seem fit to set a day aside where we can furnish, gather together, and worship Thee. We pray, Heavenly Father, today to thank Thee, Father, for the Sunday school lesson that we had this morning. Of, uh, the church family. We pray, Father, that you will be with us as a church family here, that so we might be more loving, more concerned of each other. We pray, our Heavenly Father, that you will be with Brother Tim this morning, and we pray, Father, that if there is one here that does not know thee as Thy Savior, that today will be the word, today that he'll hear the word, and he'll accept thee as Thy Savior. Guide us, Father, and forgive us, for we will fail thee, for we ask thee on Christ's name. Amen.
0: Thank you, choir.
1: Move that back just a little bit.
0: There was a young man sitting in church one day when he made a startling discovery. He was a pre-med student. He was only 19 years old at the time. And the sermon that day was probably pretty dull. I'm told that there are such things as dull sermons, though I'm sure you've never experienced one. Anyway, uh instead of listening to the sermon this young man's attention was drawn to the altar lantern that was swinging back and forth and he started timing the swings of the lantern using his own pulse as a clock and he made a discovery that changed his life and to a certain extent changed our entire world the future for you see after that experience this young man dropped the study of medicine and began studying mathematics and physics his name was Galileo and according to Stephen Hawking Galileo is probably more responsible for the birth of modern science than anybody else who has ever lived in fact Albert Einstein called Galileo Galileo the father of modern science Galileo revolutionized how people kept time because you see at the at the time of Galileo's discovery the very best clocks in the world easily lost or gained 15 minutes a day but but a few decades later after Galileo made this discovery all the best clocks began using pendulums and they were then losing or gaining only 10 seconds a day. Now there's no doubt that hundreds of people had sat in that church watching that lantern swing back and forth. But when Galileo saw it, he saw much more. Whereas others simply saw an old lantern swinging back and forth, Galileo thought, Aha! There's more here than meets the eye. Now, When was the last time you had an aha moment like that? There's a word for that kind of experience, and that word is epiphany. When we have an epiphany, we discover something new, something exciting, something that we hadn't expected to discover. And as we begin this new year, I hope that all of us can have some aha moments regarding our understanding of God. Impossible, you say? You believe you already know as much about God as you're ever going to know? Well, I hope that's not the case because that would be terribly sad. It kind of reminds me of a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon that appeared a, a, a few years ago. Uh, Calvin is, uh, Calvin's stuffed tiger is named Hobbes. No relation. Uh, but Hobbes asks, did, did you make any resolutions for the new year? And Calvin becomes indignant and shouts, no, I'm fine the way I am. Why should I change? In fact, I think it's high time the world started to change to suit me. I don't see why I should be do all the changing around here. If the new year requires resolutions, I say it's up to everybody else, not me. I don't need to, to improve. Everybody else does. And then after he finishes his tirade, Calvin asks, How about you? Did you make any resolutions? And Hobbes says, Well, I had resolved to be less offended by human nature, but I think I blew it already. (laughs) It's true, isn't it? Some of us think that we've already arrived. That we don't need to do any more growing or changing in our lives. And we think that we know everything there is to know about God. But folks, that would be our loss if that turned out to be true. Or, or even if we thought that was true. At the beginning of each new year, Howard Thurman, a professor at Boston University, would write down his understanding of God's nature. And each year, he would compare last year's entry with the current year's entry. And if there was no real change, that the, then the professor was, was disappointed You see, he expected to grow in his understanding of God. And if he didn't notice any spiritual growth in himself, he considered that year to have been a waste. Howard Thurman, a professor of theology, didn't think that he knew everything that he needed to know about God. To paraphrase the popular song from years ago, he wanted... To see God more clearly and to love God more dearly. So, how about you? Is that the desire of your heart this morning? Is that the desire of your heart as we begin this new year together? J. Vernon McGee once said, What is your ambition in life? Is it to get rich? Is it to make a name for yourself? Is it to do some wonderful thing for God? Well, listen to me, he said. The highest desire that can possess any human heart is a longing to see God. And folks, that's what epiphany is all about. It is the desire to see God. That's the desire that drove the wise men to Bethlehem. Epiphany is the twelfth day after Christmas, and according to tradition, this is the day that we celebrate the arrival of the wise men to worship the one who was born to be king of the Jews. The wise men followed a star, a light in the sky, until it came to the place where the young child was laying, and on coming to the house, they they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. It's a beautiful story. One of the best known stories of our faith. But did you know that the prophet Isaiah anticipated the coming of these wise men hundreds of years before Christ was ever born? Isaiah wrote, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings will be drawn to the brightness of your dawn. Herds of camels will cover your land all and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. These were words of prophecy, but even Isaiah didn't understand the full impact of what would happen when this prophecy came true. He only prophesied what God laid upon his heart. Arise, shine, for your light has come. So what do those words mean? for you this morning. Your light has come. Well, for the Magi, for the wise men, these words represented the birth of a king. But what do they mean for you? Well, doesn't the coming of light imply that the world was in darkness? Isaiah said, Arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, dark darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. Isaiah first spoke these words in Jerusalem during a time of terrible trouble. They were a captive nation at the time. Their homes and their fields were ravaged and abandoned. Laid desolate by the Babylonian Empire. But Isaiah told them that God would not abandon God's people forever. God would act in their behalf. Darkness. You know, darkness is a powerful metaphor, isn't it? Pastor Thomas Hilton tells about a significant event that took place on July the 11th, 1991. It was a total eclipse of the sun. Even though this was not visible in in most of the northern United States, on this date, more than 20 years ago, several major cities, including Mexico City, were plunged into total darkness in the middle of the day. And it was an eerie experience, according to those who witnessed it but darkness usually signifies all the things that, that we dread. I mean, think about it. Criminals are more likely to prefer the dark than the, than the light. People are more afraid in the dark than they are in the light. And ignorance is sometimes associated with darkness. But here's what's disturbing. There will come a time, says the Lord, when people will love the darkness more than they love the light. And I wonder, is that time closer than we think? There was an article in Time Magazine not long ago about a new trend in fine dining. It's called Dinners in the Dark. Apparently some restaurants have begun turning out all of the lights and serving their meals in total darkness. The waiters would wear night vision goggles to keep from spilling things. But this practice of eating in the dark was supposed to... Allow the diner to focus on the flavor of the food and not on the environment. But usually, when we think of darkness, it it has a negative connotation. There's a TV program called Total Blackout these days. I don't know if any of you have seen it or not, but it it places contestants in in totally dark environments and asks them to, to complete certain tasks. And usually, these tasks are fairly mundane. But you should see the fear that comes out as they find themselves in total darkness. Even given the task of of petting a kitten can become terrifying because they don't know what it is. Nobody wants to be kept in the dark unless they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. You see, darkness hides our misdeeds, but light exposes our misdeeds in all of its ugliness. King Herod lived in the darkness. He was ruthless. He murdered his wife. He murdered his three sons, his mother-in-law, his brother-in-law, his uncle, and many others. But of course, his crowning cruelty was the murder of all of the infant boys in Bethlehem in his vain attempt to slaughter the newborn king of the Jews. The philosopher Plato once said, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark, but the real tragedy of life is when adults are afraid of the light. I guess you could say that Herod was afraid of the light. And so he sought to slaughter this one about whom John would say, In Him was life. And that life was the light of the world. So you see, Jesus entered into this world. And this world was very dark at the time. Ignorance and evil were both prevalent as they are today. But here's the good news, news, my friends. Darkness will never have the last word. And that's the message of epiphany. Light. Light. Has come into our world. A student was once asked to summarize all of the gospel in just a few words. And he responded by saying this. In the Bible it gets dark. And then it gets very, very dark. And then Jesus shows up. (laughs) That just about says it all, doesn't it? The world was in darkness. Deep darkness covered the people, says Isaiah. But then Jesus showed up. And he brought light. In his book titled The Gulag Archipelago, Alexander Solzhenitsyn tells about how as a political prisoner in a Siberian gulag, he was forced to live in a cell with, without any lights and the windows were painted over so that he couldn't see outside. But one day a a small fleck of paint fell off of one of the windows and into the darkness Alexander Alexander, uh, finally saw a tiny ray of sunshine shining its, its beam of hope into his dark cell. And this tiny ray of light, that's what gave him the strength that he needed to keep on. The light to know that He was still alive and that He was still a part of God's created order. Well, more than 2,000 years ago, a tiny baby was born in Bethlehem. And it may have seemed that that it too was merely a, a tiny ray of light in a dark, dark world. But folks, let me tell you something. That tiny ray of light, that tiny baby, was exactly what the world needed. And even today, that light is still helping people to move their lives out of the darkness and into the light. Father Greg Boyle is a great example of someone who is pushing the darkness back with the light of Christ. Father Boyle is a Jesuit priest who works with gang members in East Los Angeles. And it seems that that Father Boyle has put together a team of, of physicians trained to remove tattoos with laser technology. They're part of a a program that removes the tattoos of ex-gang members so that they can wipe the slate clean. You see, to a former gang member, the gang tattoo, each gang has its own tattoo, and the gang tattoo fosters an attitude that the gang still has a claim on on that person's life. It's a mark of ownership as much as identity. And the process of removing it is extremely painful Yet the waiting list of those who will put up with whatever pain it takes to receive a new identity, that waiting list is huge. Isaiah says, arise. Your light has come. What does that mean to you? Well, biblically it means that without Christ, the world is is a dark and lonely place. It's a world of conflict and Injustice. It's a world of ignorance and fear. But it's not the end of the story. It gets dark. Then it gets very, very dark. And then Jesus shows up. And the light of God suddenly shines brightly into the darkness of the world. And the world has never been the same since. But there's one more thing that needs to be said, and here it is. If the darkness of this world is going to be pushed back any further, then you and I will need to let our little light shine. You remember that song? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine? We need to do that. If we're gonna push, if the if the darkness of the world is gonna be pushed back anymore, we need to let our little lights shine. My friends, Christ is the light of the world, but those of us who follow Christ are called to reflect that light in our lives for others. And to do that, and we do that by continuing to shine the light of, of God's love into this dark world. Henry Van Dyke, one of the, uh, once wrote um, one of the most uh, famous fictional accounts of the coming of the Magi. To Bethlehem. Uh, he calls it the story of the other wise men. And in this story, Van Dyke speaks of a fourth wise man who searched for the Christ child for years, but he was never able to catch up with the others. And this wise man had three jewels, which he intended to give to the newborn king. But in his journey to find the Christ child, he kept coming across people Who had great needs in their lives. And he could not pass them by. Without trying to help. So he ended up using these three jewels. That he had intended to offer to the Christ child. To take care of the needs of others. Well this fourth magi. Searched for Jesus for the rest of his life. Only to realize at the end of his life. That he had both found. And worshipped him. Each time he gave himself and his gift to someone who was in need. You see, through his compassion, this fourth wise man pushed back some of the darkness of the world. And let the light of Christ shine through into the lives of those people. And that's our task as well. We are to live our lives in the presence of Christ. And I hope that that's a a resolution that we can all agree on and foster in our lives this year to live in the presence of Christ so that with time we will be able to reflect His presence and His light through service we give to others. My friends, any light that we shine in this dark world is is only a reflected light. It's the light of Christ's love. But folks, when we live in His presence and seek to show His love to others, then the darkness of this world is pushed back a bit until the day will come when we will all live in His love and in His eternal glory. And so my prayer today is, come Lord Jesus and fill us with Your light. Amen. We're going to sing an invitation hymn, number 496. Burn into me, fire of God. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ. Perhaps you've never taken that step towards the light, so to speak. And you would like to do that today. To accept the love of Christ. And I know that sometimes life is, is, is difficult. It's hard. Sometimes we face darkness. Sometimes we face struggles in our life. I just had an email uh, this morning from a friend who's struggling with some, some hard times in his life and he was looking for a little light in his time of desperation. Well, let me tell you something. God is there to offer that light. Christ is the light of the world. Christ is the one who brings us hope and a little glimmer of That there is a future in God. Maybe you need to experience that today. Experience the hope and the light that Christ has to offer. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I hope you'll do that this morning. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to unite with our church. Or maybe you're struggling with some darkness in your your life and you would just like to have a little time of prayer this morning. We invite you to come and we will pray with you. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you as we sing, Burn in me, fire of God, would you come? shining forth the light of Christ into the darkness of the world. Let the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ become flesh in you. And may the love and peace and joy of Christ radiate from each of our lives. Amen. Amen.